Hello everyone, I'm Myra Martinez-Sacco. And I'm Melissa Cantor. We're the two Wall Street chicks, authors of our book, Own Your Shift, which includes a handy toolkit. We transformed from overwhelmed to calm using the practices of mindfulness. And now we invite you to shift your mindset. Our approach and style are different. Our tips and techniques are easy, simple, and practical. We're not prescriptive. You choose what works for you and when. Our mindfulness snack episodes bring our tips and techniques to life, helping you quickly shift to the present moment. And being present brings out your best self so you can make better choices to achieve smarter outcomes. Are Are you ready? Hey, Myra. Hi, Melissa. So here we are back with another one of our mindfulness snack episodes to own your shift. (laughs) You know, today I'm really excited about this topic. We're talking about perfectionism, a topic of interest to one of our listeners who asked the question, how can mindfulness help with perfectionism? And it's a great question. Absolutely. It's a very good question. Right? Because in this culture, mm-hmm. perfectionism, or mm-hmm. if you're following along in our book, which is in chapter four throughout your working day, page 35, we call it imperfectionism. <laughs> and it's such a good one because I right? think that's what we should strive for. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, how would we even define it? I would like to say perfectionism is holding yourself to a standard where you can avoid pain, blame, judgment if you're perfect. It's unrealistic is really what it is. That's it's the standard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And eventually you think you're avoiding pain, mm-hmm. but we end up with more pain. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, when have you dealt with perfectionism? Well, you know, for me, and, and I think you're going to relate to this uh, pretty quickly, uh, being a young female Hispanic on Wall Street when I started in the early 80s, I believed, and it really was my perception, that there was no room for error. There had, it had to be perfectionism. You know, I was the first one in my family to go to college. I was the first one to um, have a corporate job and especially the first one to go to Wall Street. And for me, there was no other option. It had to be perfectionism. And, and, I, and now I realize it was such a high standard that I put to, on myself because no one was really telling me, but it was such a male dominated, you always felt like the outsider, um, that that's what you believed, that you See, had to be. And you know what, I'm gonna say, I don't mm-hmm. think you were imagining it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't welcome either, but I mean, this perfectionism that you're mm-hmm. talking about, it's really about a sense of control. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's gonna find out that you're an imposter. Nobody's gonna find out that you're a Latina. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you're a woman, so we really don't want you there. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, when did you feel like you first? Because I know you related to that one, but what, when did you kind of discover it? Well, it's it? funny <laughs> that you're saying this because I want to say, when have I not been toward, uh, uh, you know, when has this not been my MO? So I'd like to give mm-hmm. just two very quick stories that are very different mm-hmm. that maybe our listeners will relate to. The first one is middle child, invisible child, nobody, you know, no attention. And one day in sixth grade or seventh grade, I got an A. And when I got home, there was so much joy. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm never 
never going to get a, anything less than a B. And, <laughs> and, and frankly, if I did get a B again, which was rare, my parents would point it out and say, what happened? Like, <laughs> why didn't you get the A? So there was well, so... That leads to perfectionism, that's for sure. Well, and there were so many girls mm. forgetting the A and mm-hmm. being perfect. Mm. You know, we all want to be perceived as a good person or a good girl. We want to be loved. We mm-hmm. want that adulation. So I do think it's rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can also show up in other ways. Um, I remember a story I was working with a client who was a very, very good girl. Mm-hmm. And this girl was over 60. So she was really not, <laughs> not a girl, right? <laughs> and she wanted to be perfect. And she wanted everybody to like her. And so she never complained. Mm. And she never expressed any kind of confrontation. It's such a burden to carry if you don't, think about it. Don't you think? So we mm. call that numbing and dumbing, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. And um, she had a stroke. <laughs> I'm surprised it took 60 years. <laughs> well, and she was too. She's like, oh, I'm so very healthy. Mm-hmm. And when I approached her on mm-hmm. the topic of being perfect, she began to make the connections what the price was that we pay. Mm -hmm. Again, we think by being perfect, we avoid pain, Mm -hmm. blame, Mm -hmm. judgment, Mm -hmm. right? By numbing and dumbing. Mm -hmm. But really the price that we're paying is, you know, to keep this control, to keep this facade Mm -hmm. is very, very high. Mm -hmm. So, um, what kind of tips, like, obviously, I'm a, I'm a, I know you're probably still a perfectionist in some <laughs> I ways. I don't think you're, you just shed that skin <laughs> that easily, but, um, but I think you, it's awareness, right? And, and that's one of the things why, you know, the question was about how does mindfulness help you with that? And it's that awareness. So now I catch myself. Do I catch myself all the time? No. Sometimes I have to feel a little of that pain. And then I say, wait a minute, what am I doing? Um, so for me, one of the things that, that has worked, um, because if you think about perfectionism, right at the foundation of it, it's about fear. You don't want to, you Definitely. know, be less, uh, wor- less worthy, not knowing, not knowledgeable. So, so there's this foundation of fear. Um, so what you need to do, first of all, you name it. Right. And we've had this in some of our other episodes, the whole name it to tame it. Right. I think it makes it real. It makes it concrete. Mm -hmm. So when you know it's fear, you can name it and then you have to reframe. And that reframing is that self, you know, positive self-talk. Right. Yeah. So I I am worthy. I, I love when you said the fear thing, because certainly I thought I would lose my dad's love if I wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And that was my story. Mm-hmm. And certainly this client felt that if she criticized anybody, she would also lose um, this adulation. Right. But when you're talking about mindfulness and awareness, you know, not only, you know, obviously our book is all about mindfulness, mm-hmm. right? And we offer a toolkit and your tips and my techniques are in there. But the other thing is to be able to sit in the discomfort. Because right. you just brought up, which I think is so ap- appropriate, mm-hmm. not only the awareness, but then to sit with the discomfort. Acknowledge that what it is. Is, is that, it's fear, it's shame. It could be shame as well. Cause maybe in, like in my case, 
gee, am I really worthy? I came from an immigrant family, no one, blue collar workers, you know, who am I to be here, right? So, so there's a lot of stuff that could be going on with the perfectionism. And that whole reframing, you know, one of the, the ways to do that is change your perception. So if you were on the receiving end of whatever it is that you were trying to be perfect at, you know, that perfect dinner party, that perfect interview, that, you know, whatever it is, if you're on the receiving end and it's your friend or a colleague that's showing those signs of perfectionism, how would you relate to that, right? How would you really uh, express your, your thoughts about what it is that they were doing? And then you start to realize, you know what, you're not looking for perfection from your you're, you're the people that you love and the people that you care for, right? So you have to change that perception. You could see yourself having to be perfect, but yet you're so much more loving, kind, and encouraging to those around you that sometimes you don't do that for yourself. Well, amen to that because mm -hmm. we do hold ourselves to a higher, higher standard, standard for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else? Or? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, one of them is stop that comparison game right so well that's a big one it is it is and you know we we grew up thinking you know living like the joneses right you know live up to the joneses who were next door to you um and i think you you instead of the comparison you know putting a list together of what it is that you're gra grateful of so gratitude is almost like a, a combatant to comparison I agree. That makes so much because sense. There's so many things that you are grateful. If you put a list together, you could be you could go for 25, you know, different items on your list of things that you're grateful for about yourself or about your circumstances. So all of that helps. And then there's another one that actually I came across the other day and I really liked it. And I'm going to actually read something here. It was about Wabi Sabi. Oh, I don't I know if you've heard that, right? Do you yes. love that? So yes. wabi-sabi, it's a Japanese art of appreciating the beauty in the naturally imperfect world. And I just absolutely love that. Because when you think about it, there's so many things, flowers, right? There's just so many little things that you come across in your day that are not perfect, especially nature. So nature is a perfect canvas to teach you that, right? Well, so, and you know, there is a saying, the cup is already broken. So it's mm -hmm. really the same kind of philosophy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only other thing I want to say about stop the comparison, stop spending so much time on social media. <laughs> well, social media is the biggest culprit of feeding that comparison game, right? You know, exactly. I mean, there's terminology, the whole, you know, uh, FOMO, right? Exactly. <laughs> it created language. But I do think it's definitely, you know, um, harder for it this is. generation it, it, it definitely but is. that's why mindfulness is a practice mm -hmm. so it, you know i'd like to give a technique of getting in the body actually um and i'd like mm -hmm. to do it you know if you go to our uh, toolkit we give about 10 different ways of getting into the body. I always find mm -hmm. your body's your oldest and dearest friend, your mm -hmm. constant companion. So it's a really a good way to reset. And 
I'm going to use Qigong, which I've talked about before because it's the art of effortless power. And when I first started doing yoga, I have to say I was back to being a perfectionist. The front of the class, the poses had to be perfect. And it was really my teacher who told me, Melissa, get in the back. I was like, what? I'm used to being the head of the class. And I was deflated. You want that A. You no. want that A. And I was deflated because she said, and don't do any advanced poses. I want you to do the beginner pose. And I have to say, I learned through my body to let go of a lot of the perfectionism, not mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. So with Qigong, Qigong is a flow. And I'd like to teach a technique today where what you're going to do is we're just going to settle in. You could sit in your chair or you could stand. And it's a very simple movement. Let's start by inhaling through the nose, bringing your shoulders up. And then just blowing out all the drama in your life. Just let it go. And just to make sure everybody's ready for this Qigong technique, we'll do it again by inhaling, bringing our shoulders up, and exhaling, blowing out all the judgment and the comparison. And what I'd like you to do is take both hands and turn your palms up. When you turn your palms up, this is a way to receive and it's really hard for perfectionists to receive, right? Mm -hmm. We're always beating ourselves we're, up. We're giving. Right, exactly. <laughs> so not giving to ourselves, though, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to take our hands. We're going to inhale. We're going to bring our hands to the sky. And then we're going to come to the top, the crown of our heads, palm down. And you're just going to brush through as if you were brushing through all the cobwebs of perfectionism and judgment mm -hmm. and comparison. Mm -hmm. And let's just do it three more times. Mm -hmm. Palms up, we're inhaling, inhaling, bringing your hands up to the sky, and then palms down, brushing through the body. Let's brush through all the way, through the throat, through the, through face, the chest, right? right? Through mm. the belly, brushing through. And then we'll do it one more time with even a bigger breath. Inhaling, hands to the top of the head, softening, soft face, soft throat so you can speak your mind, soft heart so you could be kind, smile, soft <laughs> belly so you can digest. And then just rest your hands on your belly, interlace your thumbs, and just relax and calm for a moment. And then we're going to flutter our eyes open because both of us closed our eyes. I'm, I'm, all right. I'm in the zone, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's so interesting. It does not take that much time to really come into the body mm -hmm. and remind yourself, and this is a mindfulness practice. Absolutely. Of coming back to yourself, to your body, letting go of that comparison mm -hmm. so that you can... Soften. Soften and receive, right? So we we really hope you enjoyed our mindfulness snack today on perfectionism, which again, we all are afflicted with. And there's so much to learn about ourselves as we go through this journey and using mindfulness as a way to kind of explore when we are eliciting those, those perfectionist thoughts and, and behaviors. And we realize that it's a state of mind and that really mindful awareness helps you see so that you can name and then you can tame. So we've, we've learned and we talked about several tips today. One of them is about reframing, right? 
and how do you put yourself in a different perspective so you could really see what you're uh, experiencing from others and, and give yourself that same kindness and, and love and, and caring. We've learned about um, the name to tame that we just talked about. You know, wabi-sabi, we're seeing the, the imperfection in, in nature, which teaches us quite a bit about perfectionism. And then we did the beautiful, uh, we experienced a beautiful practice that Melissa took us through uh, from Qigong, where we could actually, using our breath and our hands, you know, just bringing and receiving this wonderful warmth and, and experience um, to let you release and let go of perfectionism and, quite frankly, anything that's going through you at the time when you're going through that practice. So go ahead and uh, hopefully these uh, tips and techniques will help you transition from overwhelmed to calm by letting go of perfectionism and then appreciating your imperfect, unfinished, and mortal self, as well as those equally similar around you. So we would love to hear your feedback or get any questions that we could answer in future episodes. So drop us a line at two wallstreetchicks at gmail.com. That's the number two wallstreetchicks at gmail.com. We're also available for customized virtual workshops or offsite meetings. The practices we share are in our book, Own Your Shift and its toolkit. So buy it and follow along. And hey, if you like our mindfulness snacks, subscribe and share them as we could all use a little shifting in our lives. We hope this season of mindfulness snacks was helpful and our deepest wish is that you are practicing the tips and techniques that you enjoyed. The two Wall Street Chicks would like to wish you health and joy in 2022. Happy New Year!